Thank you for checking out this episode of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. You can find the podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you just leave four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can follow me on social media over at pjordansec. You can email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Thursday edition of Talking Sports with Philip Jordan right here on Wiregrass Daily News Sports. On today's show, we are looking at the opponents for Alabama and Auburn this weekend. And to kick things off, I am joined by Kevin McGuffey from Last Word on College Football, where he covers the Kentucky Wildcats and also does a great job with our bowl coverage. Gets us all the way top. Brett McMurphy has nothing on this guy when it comes to predicting bowl games. Uh, Kevin, it, we, we, we know we're about to have fun. Let everybody know. Oh, this is a new show. So on my previous podcast, me and Kevin get together. Uh, it's usually a good time. It's a fun time. Uh, you'll enjoy this conversation, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, Kevin, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, Phil, thank you for having me on again, as always. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I can go after that intro, but uh, we'll see what um, we'll see what um, we'll see where, 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 where the conversation goes. If you want to talk some bowls, we can talk about that or whatever. How, as you said, the conversation usually kind of starts one way and goes. But anyway, it's always it's always fun, entertaining. It's always great to be on with you. Uh, I appreciate it as always. Yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of our uh, colleagues at Last Word will enjoy my comment. Yes. We'll just say yes and a thumbs up and uh, or the like button, whatever you want to call it, and we'll, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. So, but he, yes. but you know that that particular person's not really. I, I think there's a lot of uh, writers and other people in the country that may not be as big a fan of his. But that's that's story for that story for another time. You could ask Nicole Auerbach, I think. But anyway, she might be one that comes to mind. But. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 another one that always uh, draws a reaction when you mention their name. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what, what's been the reaction uh, to Kentucky this season? Six and three, six and three on the season. Uh, he started five and zero. Oh. You played Georgia, got beat by Tennessee, uh, Missouri in the middle of that. Then you come mm-hmm. out with a twenty four to three win over Mississippi State team that's struggling offensively, but they're six and three right now. What's the, what's been the reaction? What's kind of like the uh, feel of this Kentucky team? Um, right now, I'd say the reaction is more relief, more than anything, because Kentucky got to that sixth win. Um, it's they're bowl eligible for an eighth straight season. That continues um, a mark, um, you know, extending a streak that was started under Stoops. I, I think is something like they only played in eight bowl games in like thirty some years, and now they played in will be an eight in a row. Um, it, so there's relief at that. But in, in a way, it's been, the season has been a little bit of a letdown. Um, I don't know if expectations were too high coming in um, with, with Leary and Ray Davis and, and some of the guys they had coming back. Um, as you said, they got off to the 5-0 start. But, of course, as we know, and I will freely admit, Kentucky doesn't exactly um, play the, uh, the best teams. Um, in the non-conference uh, schedules, usually it's a couple of um, 
MAC schools and then maybe, you know, an FCS school and then, you know, you throw in and then you're into conference play. It just, you know, the schedule worked out really, really, really well this year. The first half was fairly, fairly easy, but this last half is probably about as difficult as I, I can remember because after you started, like I said, you know, usually South Carolina is at the beginning of the conference schedule this year. It's at the end. Georgia's usually at the end. It was at the beginning. So as you said, you had the, you had Georgia, Missouri, Tennessee, back-to-back weeks. Um, Kentucky lost those. Then, you know, Mississippi State, um, to Stoops' credit, um, got a win in Starkville. First time Kentucky's won since 2008. And he also broke a couple streaks in the process, had never won on the road against an SEC West team, was 0-11 um, going into Saturday night. And as we know, that was pretty much the last chance uh, for the foreseeable future um, as far as beating an SEC West team because, of course, the divisions are going away next year. So um, broke a couple of, uh, couple of streaks um, on that. And um, like I said, now it's, it's you know, optimistic that they can uh, finish the season strong. But, of course, you got a giant, big red, crimson – elephant in the room for lack of a better term uh with um with alabama coming in on saturday so and let's face it kentucky has not had the best success in the world against alabama i think it's 37 and 2 i believe with one tie or 38 and 2 with one tie something like that um kentucky won i think is a 1922 and 1997 and uh showing my showing my age i was at that game kentucky won in overtime i may or may not have uh rushed the field um, after Kentucky won on the overtime when Tim Couch hit Craig Yeast uh, to win that game. But um, that was before, you know, they cracked down a little bit on the, on the celebrations. But to get to back to your original point, um, like I said, Kentucky, it's it's kind of a it, – it, it's been it, – you know, it, it's weird because um, in years past, six wins, we've been thrilled to death to get to six wins in the bowl game. But now they kind of want, you know, trying to take that next step – and let's face it, as you know, I'm sure you guys are well aware, as you're well aware, uh, getting, you know, getting to this one level is, is hard enough in the SEC, but trying to get to that upper echelon is even harder. And that's what um, that's where they are right now, I think, trying to figure out how to get to that next step. You know, coming to Garrett, I was very optimistic about Kentucky coming to you just because of the return of Liam Cohen. And then you bring in Devin Leary and look – and I think we've seen for the first two starts of Will Levis. I mean, Will Levis was not a problem last year. I think maybe there was just some stuff around him. And he was hurt. He was hurt most of last year. So I felt, okay, and Liam Cohen's coming in. We saw what he did with Will Levis his year. He had it. And then, again, Devin Leary coming in from NC State. This was a guy before last year. Correct me if I'm wrong, was the preseason ACC Player of the Year pick. I mean, did he get right. hurt at NC State? Right. And so there was a lot of opt- – in optimism, really good young receivers. You got Ray Davis coming in from Vanderbilt. We've seen what he's done running the ball over 900 yards this year on the ground. But Devin Leary, I really felt like until the, maybe the last two weeks, it's kind of been up and down. I mean, he had some good performances against Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and right. Akron. But look, you should have good performances <laughs> against those teams. No disrespect if we have any fans out there of those of those schools. Uh, I don't think we do it in Wiregrass, but you, you never know. Uh, we're a very right. popular area down here. But uh, it's kind of been up and down with his play, but the last two weeks it's been better. What, what's been your thoughts on Devin Leary? 
see the begin at the beginning of the season, I thought part of it was just coming back from that injury. He had the torn, you know, chest muscle injury where he missed half. Basically, he didn't play football for a year. He didn't really do much in the spring, um, you know, coming into the program. And another thing, um, if you've ever watched the games at North at North Carolina, certainly Northwestern State, uh, North Carolina State, uh, he was always in the shotgun, and he's never had never done never great grammar there. He had never taken snaps under center in the college at the college level, and I think I think there was some learning process. I think not being there, being able to you know in the spring you know get that rapport with the receivers, I think that hurt. And then um, Kentucky's had a lot of injuries early in the season. Um, Tavion Robinson was hurt. Barry and Brown was hurt. Um, I think it's just taken – it's taken a while. But, <clears throat> excuse me, but as you said, the last two weeks, he's looked really, really good. Um, had a great game against Tennessee in, in that loss. Threw for, I think, 373 yards. It was the most he had thrown since um, – against Wake Forest, I believe, in 2021. And then had, you know, had a good game – you know, the stats don't jump out at you, but he had a good game against Mississippi State, controlled, um, you know, basically c- controlled the game until he got he got injured late in the third quarter on – on um, was trying to hit uh, Brown, I believe, w- for another touchdown and got, um, got taken down. And then he went to the sidelines, came back for one series, and then was out the rest of the game. And um, in the, the, the news conference that, that Coach Stoops had, he said basically – um, we didn't put him back in the game Saturday night because he couldn't read the chart. He couldn't read the chart on his on. You know, he was having like trouble with his eyes. And they said, "Well, how's he doing now?" He said, "Well, he can read the chart now." So that's <laughs> you know for for Kentucky fans, it's good. Um, we take that as a good sign that um, that 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 um, Leary will be ready to go on Saturday. And if, if something happened, he didn't. If you watch the game, Kaya Sharon, uh, who's a local local product from here. Somerset, Kentucky, about an hour and a half south of Lexington, um, you know, quarterbacked him in the fourth quarter. And as Kentucky did, as they tend to do, if they get a lead, um, they get conservative and run the ball. So he really didn't have to do a whole lot. Um, You know, he did play against South Carolina last year. I thought he did some good things, you know, even though Kentucky lost. But um, but like I said, Stoops said that, you know, he could read the he could read his his chart on on his wrist. So he thinks he's good to go. So that. That's that. That's all we need to hear, right? For the BBN. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. That that sounds like an uh, uh, update of you're going to play. But we know when you hear right. that. Oh, you know, and look, the Ray Davis thing has been big too because you kind of had a wonder going into the year how you replace Chris Rodriguez. You know, that was your bell cow for years, and then he right. wasn't the only running back that had to replace either. Oh, uh, but he has been great. I thought coming out of Vanderbilt, he would be a big a big get for mm-hmm. Kentucky. Uh, but I want to jump over to defensively. Um, they're kind of middle of the pack this year in the SEC. They're not where we're kind of used to seeing mm-hmm. the Kentucky defense. I think that's another thing, too, because you look at Tennessee game, and I feel like I can make the same argument for LSU with some of their losses. You have an average defense in that game. You beat Tennessee. You know? Right. And I'll say this, going back to Devin Leary against Georgia, I think you know he was 10-26 to 26 in that game. They had opportunities early on. They mm-hmm. penalties and he missed some throws. He was right. missing throws in that game that guys were wide open. But that's right. you know they're here and there. That was weeks ago. It's right. over with. And and, and that's um, something you you brought up a very good point. That's been part of the issue as well with the offense 
is that they've been really, really hurt by penalties and not just penalties, but penalties at bad times, uh, been hurt with turnovers, um, you know, and as I said, that that pretty much took them out of the – not that they were saying they were going to beat Georgia, but I really thought it was going to be a lot closer than what it was. But, I mean, you think about this first that first quarter, they had penalty after penalty after penalty, um, throwing a couple turnovers. Uh, Leary, as you said, wasn't able to hit, you know, wide-open receivers. It was just the most maddening thing ever. But um, but as far as the defense, they've been good against um, teams – like you were saying earlier, against you know some of the earlier teams in the year, against that three that three game stretch um, with Georgia, Missouri, and Tennessee, yeah, they gave up. I think it's an average of forty one points and like four hundred and seventy yards. Which for Brad White's defense, that's not that's not what you expect out of that defense. And again, a lot of that is you look at it. Kentucky, I think, is his most the second most penalized team um, in the SEC. And, in, and it's the same thing on defense. You would see that Tennessee game, there's offside penalties, pass interference calls, um, two or three unsportsmanlike conduct calls that kept Tennessee's drives going. Had those not happened, then maybe you have your team, you put your offense in the situation where they can get that, get that touchdown and win the game. The problem was the defense just couldn't get off the field. And you have to, you know, you got to credit Joe Milton and Tennessee on that. But but it's been that that's been a big thing this year, um, for lack of a better term, the cons- consistently undisciplined play that Kentucky's had um, at, at many times this year, and that's been that's been you know watching it as the Big Blue Nation, and just that that's probably been one of the biggest frustrations this year is just as seeing it. And like I said, I think it really cost them cost them a chance to win at, at Tennessee. And it also Missouri. They jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead, but it was the same thing. Lots of penalties, um, throwing a couple of turnovers, um, and then you know before you know it, Missouri got on a roll. And uh, let's face it, Missouri is a really good team. They gave Georgia all they could handle on Saturday, and um, for a second year in a row. And uh, you know, no, no, no that, that's another game Kentucky should have won. So we could be sitting here saying Kentucky's eight and one. Um, Rather than six and three, and if they were sitting here at eight and one right now, we'd be having a whole different conversation about bowl games and um, you know the postseason. Yeah, and did you know this may not be an eleven o'clock game coming up this Saturday either. This may be kind of bumped up uh, where Ole Miss and Georgia is at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just looking at it, Alabama's coming to Lexington. Uh, it's an eleven o'clock kickoff uh, Central Time. It'll be on ESPN. Alabama is a ten and a half point favorite in this one as let everybody know behind the scenes we're recording this on monday evening but just kind of looking at this look i i view this as obviously everybody's leaning alabama which i think you should just go in this <laughs> matchup they're coming off what they're doing they're playing better i think nick saban's doing one of his better coaching jobs mm-hmm. 11 a.m games can be tricky especially right. coming off a game against lsu i, I don't know it feels like to me uh, alabama user plays mississippi state in this spot in the past, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like you're talking about Kentucky was kind of flipped with South Carolina and Georgia kind of feels like Alabama schedule was kind of flipped a little bit. Like Mississippi state was earlier in the year. Now they're playing Kentucky, which is different than playing Mississippi state. And look, I'll say this, Alabama gets off to slow starts, especially defensively. LSU scored 21 on them in the first half. 
Tennessee should have been up twenty-one to nothing on them. Right. Uh, A&M had seventeen points. So, but it's the second half for Alabama's defense adjusts. Do you think that's something maybe Kentucky can take advantage of uh, this I, Saturday? I think they absolutely have to if they're going to have a chance to win. I was honestly, I'll be honest with you, I was surprised. I thought the point spread would be a little bit more um, than than what it was. I thought maybe at least fourteen to excuse me, fourteen to fifteen. But yes, you're you're, you're right for Kentucky to have a chance to win. They've got to come out. They've got to come out hot. They can't turn the ball over. They can't make dumb penalties. They have to they have to play a flawless game to beat Alabama. Because as you were saying, I mean, six weeks ago we were saying, okay, Saban's done. This team is, you know, this team is awful. Um, and, and you, you see what happened. They've they flipped that switch and they now they're they're playing the best, the best football obviously that they played this season. I mean you know, the game that Melrose put up against LSU was just flat out amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, but I said for Kentucky to have a chance to win, they, they just about got to play perfect. Um, as you said, take advantage of the fact that Alabama seems to get off to slow starts. And, and that's something that that's 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 um, bug Kentucky this year. That some of the games they've been slow getting out of the gates and um, they, they've got to get a hot start. If they can get a touchdown or two, get some get some confidence going. Um, get the momentum going. You know, it's going to be a sellout there at, at Croker Field. Um, another thing, you know, Stoop said, you know, it's a noon game, so we're um, hoping our our fans, you know, they're going to open the they're going to open the gate um, tailgating at like seven a.m. So it's like, you know, they're like, come early, get your, uh, you know, get your adult beverage of choice on, and uh, you know, be ready and be loud and and you know, cheer, try to cheer them on to victory. So it, it's going to be a great atmosphere on Saturday. But of course, Alabama's used to that. They get that everywhere. It's kind of like Kentucky and basketball when they go on the road. You know, it's everybody's it's everybody's Super Bowl. Alabama's everybody's Super Bowl, or I mean, they should be. Uh, but for them to win, that I think that's what they got to do. They've got to no mistakes, uh, limit the penalties, and um, they just got to um, play their game and you know play digs. They're just about going to play flawless to win. So. And, you know, and I always look back at the Tennessee game with Alabama because Tennessee had two opportunities inside the five and they kicked field goals. You got to think, too, and I know Stoops is kind of more in that kick a field goal type mode. I would say you just got to go for it. If you're in that Mm -hmm. position, you just got to go for it because kicking field goals isn't going to cut Alabama because Jalen Milrow has got better all year. The receivers have stepped up Alabama, too, as well. So, and you know, like we said, once again, defensively, Alabama just steps up second half, so. Uh, what 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 are kind of some maybe um, matchups you think can work in Kentucky's favor Saturday? I mean, I like I like Kentucky's um, honestly, I like Kentucky's receivers against just about anybody in the SEC, um, in, in, including Alabama's you know secondary. Uh, I, I think between Brown, Tavian Robinson, Dane Key, uh, Dane Key has come up really big the last two weeks. Um, I, I think Kentucky can maybe. As you said, you know, Alabama's had trouble giving up points. I think maybe Kentucky can try to attack that secondary. Uh, you know, I, me personally, I would love to just see them come out the opening play and just throw, you know, a deep ball to one of those three guys and just see what happens. I mean, if you if you get intercepted, you know, fine. I, I know I'm contradicting myself now about not, about not having turnovers, but at least, you know, throw some, you know, try to throw something different out there. Um, I, what, what do you have to lose? Um, of course, like any other game, um, Kentucky's offensive line um, has got to protect Leary uh, against Alabama's uh, front four. 
And on the flip side, um, Deion Walker and um, Octavius Oxendine, those guys, Josiah Hayes, um, those guys up front, if they can get um, get some penetration and, uh, you know, make, make Milrow, you know, make him beat you. Obviously, he can beat you running the ball, but, you know, try to get some pressure, try to disrupt him. Um, those are the kind of things I'm looking at. I'm looking at Kentucky's receivers versus Alabama secondary, and then of course the uh, the the guys up front. But of course that you know you can say that just about any game. But um, if Kentucky can keep Alabama out of the backfield, and they've done a really really good job this year, the Big Blue Wall has been for as many issues as they had last year. As we all know, Levis Will Levis was running for his life most of the <laughs> most of the time last year. So. If you watched that game against against the Steelers last week, he probably felt that he was uh, uh, the Titans game against Steelers. He probably felt he was back home, back in Kentucky, because he was pretty much running for his life the entire game. Um, if they keep keep Alabama off of Leary, give him time to um, give him time to make some plays and give those receivers time to make some plays, I, I think you know you always have that puncher's chance if Kentucky can get out to a good start. Um, you just you know you never know. It's it's college football. Crazy things always happen. So um, we haven't had that week yet, really, this year where there's a whole bunch of upsets. Maybe this will, uh, maybe this will be the week. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, we haven't had that wild Saturday. We're just like mm-hmm. everything gets turned upside down. So uh, we'll close with this. What happens on Saturday, in your opinion? Um, I yeah, I'm going to be honest. I think Alabama wins. Um, I'll say like 31 with the point spread is what 10 and a half. I'll say 31 to 20 Alabama. <laughs> so um, that, 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 that's my, as we're talking right now, that's, that's how I'm leaning for a prediction. So I, I think Kentucky um, plays, keeps it close for a half and then, um, you know, maybe even tied, you know, less than a touchdown, but you said Alabama in that second, that second half, the, these recent games have just been a different, a different team. And so, um, I think that's probably what's going to happen on Saturday. I'll say Alabama by eleven. All right, there you go. Take a take the over on the uh, with the points and all that. Uh, if right. you're if you're into the uh, the betting, and if you're not, say Alabama because you're not supposed to do that here. Uh, but anyways, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Kentucky's going to win. I can't pick Alabama, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Uh, anyways, that's you know, hey, I'm, it's probably going to go that way, but we'll see. I think it's going to be closer than what people think. So we'll, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Well, but, I, like uh, your, I, like, I like your way of thinking. So I'm, I'm Mr. Positivity over here. Right, uh, right. So that's what I try to do. But uh, Kevin, uh, where, where can everybody find you and uh, find all your work you're doing? Uh, well, you can go to lastwordoncollegefootball.com where, of course, you can find uh, Philip's great work for with Auburn and um, or uh, at – the Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, uh, at Kevin McGuffey. So you can just search, basically search my name. I think I've told you the story. I think I've told the story before, but there may be new viewers. When I, when I first joined the Twitter machine, I tried like 12 different combinations of nicknames and my, you know, my, you know, my nine to five job and, and all of them were taken. So I was like, okay, if somebody has my name, then I give up. So, but uh, or I can put like you know the Kevin McGuffey real Kevin McGuffey. But anyway, yes, at Kevin McGuffey on on X. That that's where you can uh, you can find me or at Last Word on CFB on Twitter um, or X. I still call it Twitter. So um, any of those places uh, is where you can find uh, f- find our work here. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of great um, a lot of great writers at Last Word. I think you and I were talking before we started. I think it's like we're up to like. 
25, 30 schools now that, that, that we cover. It's like, it seems like every week there's a new, there's somebody new. So, but, um, but yeah, so that, that's where you can find me. All right. Sounds good, Kevin. I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about the Kentucky side of this game. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again sometime down the road. Uh, sounds great, Phil. Thank you for having me on as always. All right. We're going to take a quick break, do some promo stuff for uh, DJ Strategies. But when we return, I'll be joined by Arkansas writer for Razorbacks Wire, Connor Goodson, to look at the Auburn-Arkansas game for this Saturday right here on Talking Sports on the Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Want a chance to see the Iron Bowl in person? Enter for your chance to win two tickets to the Iron Bowl on Saturday, November 25th. To enter, simply complete the form at 969thelegend.com. The winner will be announced on Friday, November 17th. 96.9 The Legend is your connection to classic country legend. But Digio Strategies has other options too. News Talk 103.9 is your source for America's top news and entertainment shows like Rick and Bubba in the morning, Glenn Beck from 9 till 11 a.m. and Clay Travis and Buck Sexton middays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. Sean Hannity, Lars Larson, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh and others fill your day with the latest news and views from America's top conservative voices. America at night and coast to coast am keep you company and connected throughout the night plus fox news the alabama radio network and wiregrass daily news keep you informed with national international state and local news and with more musical choices like all the hits 1067 kmx today's country 95.5 wtvy and music 1077 digio strategies gives you more choices and more variety listen on air online and on our apps 96.9 the legend is just the beginning all right, it is a key matchup for bowl season coming up this Saturday at 3 o'clock on the SEC Network. That's between Auburn and Arkansas. Auburn's trying to get bowl eligible, get to that sixth win. Arkansas is trying to stay alive in that. They have six losses already. They're trying to keep it going and uh, get their self-bowl eligible, winning out rest of the way. And joining me to talk about the Arkansas Razorbacks coming back to the show. It's Connor Goodson. You can check him out over at Razorbacks Wire, part of USA Today and Hall Country as well. And Connor, I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, breaking down and previewing uh, the Arkansas side of the Auburn-Arkansas matchup. Yeah, man, it's always a pleasure to come on here and talk. And uh, it's a little bit different vibe than it was last time I was on here as uh, Arkansas is kind of starting their their losing streak. And now they're uh, they're finally back in the win column. And like you said, they're alive for bowl eligibility. Yeah, that's the big thing because uh, a couple of weeks ago, I wa- we were just talking off air. I set aside, make sure that the Florida Arkansas game was my main focus at the 11 o'clock, the early window games. It was that way a few weeks ago when I played Mississippi State, the 7 3 game. Uh, you went over and talked about probably so many times with off air, on air, people just doing all kinds of stuff that you do. But uh, beating Florida 39 to 36 in overtime, entertaining game, just. I just kind of open the floor with you. Just what stood out the most with Arkansas's win against the Gators? Yeah, well, I think I mean the big story about around Arkansas has been the offense, and you know, going into the bye week, they fired Danny Nos, offensive coordinator, after being one of the worst uh, offenses in not only the country but dead last in the SEC in total offense, scoring offense, things like that. It, it just obvious. It's obvious it wasn't 
working. And like, like I was telling you before we started, you know, I, I went up there with a group of friends to the Mississippi State game and we go the whole game without scoring a touchdown, end up losing your in your sixth loss in a row. The morale leaving that stadium was it kind of felt like Chad Morris again, you know, like that. That's the only really equivalent you can have to it. it just people were so upset, mad, just distraught over it. And and that's not what you need as a program, especially in a pivotal year like this. So Sam Pittman had to make a change. He makes the change. They have a whole bye week to get ready for Florida and install this new offense under Kenny Guyton. And it looked like the offense, not completely because it's only been two weeks, but it looked like the offense of a, the last couple of years where it you had a heavy dose of K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders doing what they do. They looked like their old form. The you know they come into the season preseason All American watch list guys and they've been basically not really disappointments but you know Rockets dealt with an- injuries all season and KJ's not really been the KJ that we've known and loved and that Arkansas fans have rallied behind of of late but he gets back to that form they make a ton of highlight plays they they're in another close game as they've been in all season long. And uh, it finally, finally turned and goes their way for, for a change. And it was, it just kind of felt like you needed that as a program, because if you lose that game and you lose bowl eligibility, even after making that change, it gets pretty, pretty rough from a, you know, it, it ties the decision makers hands with what they can do and what leeway they can give the head coach at that point. So it was a huge win. You could tell in, I don't know if maybe you saw on social media, but the players' reactions to winning that for Sam Pittman, but also for Kenny Guyton, the offensive coordinator, it was big. You could tell it meant more than your normal everyday regular season win. Yeah, too, you know, from a historical standpoint of Arkansas, the first time they've gone to Gainesville, yeah. they won too as well. I mean, I know there's not been a whole bunch of matchups where they've gone there because, right. you know, everybody says, well, how long have they been in SEC? You know, 92. When we look at East-West, that's not often that they, they do get that – that trip, but still beating Florida down in Gainesville was something special. And like he said, Rocket Sanders. I mean, that's that's the thing I, I felt like watching the game. That really mm-hmm. put Arkansas over the top. I mean, KJ Jefferson had what 92 yards rushing in the game too, yeah. as well. So we kind of saw that. And I don't know, you know, you've been watching this team, you pay attention, you've seen every play, every snap, but the offensive line seemed to play better than they have all year. Oh, yeah. Definitely the best game, I think, all season from the offensive line consistently. Now, there were still some rough patches. There's still a lot of issues that you're not going to be able to fix until you get to the end of the season and can get some other guys in key places and get another offseason of development for some of these young guys. But it was definitely more a more positive step in the right direction than than just dreading dreading these next few games with the offensive line that you do have. They just it's it's just one of those things where I think that the scheme that Guyton was running, the blocking scheme, the run plays, we saw a lot of the Kendall Browse type concepts from when he was calling the plays last season. We saw a lot of that towards the second half, the end of the second half, especially. You could tell Kenny Guyton kind of leaned on that. And one thing that I thought was really interesting about what Sam Pittman said in the postgame press conference is what he liked about Kenny Guyton was that he ran the stuff that Arkansas had practiced. And if you recall, when he gave the press conference after they fired Enos, he was saying, 
he was asked about why they didn't do certain things like roll, you know, move the pocket for KJ, use KJ to his advantage, use his running game. And he's like, well, we practice it. We just didn't run it on game days, kind of alluding and hinting that, you know, just wasn't comfortable calling those plays. And so I think that, that that's, it just, everyone looked a lot more comfortable and energetic and it wasn't that dread of like, the Mississippi State game after that first series, they get held to a field goal. It just was a complete mental collapse. Everyone on the offensive side of the ball just checked out, and you didn't have that at all this game. Everyone was bought in, energetic, motivated, and it was clear as day, even on watching it on TV, that that was clear to me um, coming out from from the broadcast just how how much better and more motivated this team was. Yeah, you know, when me and you talked, you were on the week that they were going to play Alabama. Uh, mm. We went into that matchup, and we talked about Danny Eno's brain in potentially because running a more pro-style offense, get KJ Jefferson, his draft stock, more ready mm. for the NFL. But that, that just didn't seem like a comfort for KJ Jefferson yeah. watching Arkansas this year. And then that was the biggest thing too Saturday. He just looked comfortable. He looked like the KJ Jefferson we're used to seeing. I mean, there were moments throughout the year, but consistently on consistently on Saturday, we just saw the normal KJ Jefferson against the Gators. Yeah, definitely. It it looked like like I said a while ago, the KJ that everyone at Arkansas fans have come to know and love and uh he looked like a guy who had the freedom to make plays. It looked like under Danny Nose, Danny Nose wanted him to play a certain way and do a certain, you know, sit back in the pocket, progress through your reads, take your time. But with this offensive line and with what KJ can do and give you as a playmaker, he just doesn't fit that rigid, you know, pocket passer kind of quarterback. You've got to be able to give him the freedom to kind of make plays and create on his own and, uh, improvise that's what he's best at being able to I, I was telling a, a friend and a couple of co-workers that uh, I think that KJ might be more accurate when he's scrambling or rolling out than he is just sitting back in the pocket doing your traditional three-step throwing a slant route because I mean that's just how KJ is is in in he's a 6'4 250 and we saw that highlight where he you know ran over that Florida defensive back it's he's a unique quarterback who you can't really take a set of, well, this offense and this scheme worked for Jalen Hurts or, you know, Tua Tungavaola and, and apply it to him. He's got to kind of have his own own way and give him the freedom to be himself and and make plays. And I think that's what we saw. And you could definitely tell that he wasn't, he wasn't really overthinking and he was very confident in what he was doing. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, the bet- best coaches always look, okay, I may want to run what I want to run, but let me run what best fits what's on the team. And exactly. I think that's what we're seeing with Kenny Guyton. So yeah. uh, going into Saturday uh, with the matchup with Auburn, and I go, so I'm going to tie back to the Mississippi State game. So I was looking at Auburn's schedule when they lost to Ole Miss, they dropped to three and four. I mm. was like, okay, Auburn's got a game with Mississippi State. And then I'll watch the game against Arkansas. So, okay, Auburn should beat them. They Auburn can score more than seven points, and they'll be at yeah. home. And it, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. I mean, there was more Auburn fans up in Nashville than there was uh, yeah. Vanderbilt fans, as is the case when someone comes in. So it's a five and four. Then, honestly, I look at it as a guy that writes about Auburn, covers Auburn and Alabama and all these other teams here in the state. I was looking at it, I said, Auburn should be able to beat Arkansas what I saw out of Mississippi State. So I'm looking at seven, six, seven wins going into the Iron Bowl. But now I look at after watching Saturday, this is completely – I have a completely different opinion about this game. I know Arkansas, as as of this recording, recording this on Monday evening, 
They're two and a half point favorite. That's the home team getting the nod when he, right. you know, that's usually the case when it's like that. So going into this matchup with Auburn now, uh, Auburn's got a little momentum on their side. Obviously, Arkansas's got some. They're excited. They just got that win on Saturday against Florida. What are your thoughts on this Auburn Arkansas matchup? Well, I think that definitely there's going to be a little bit more momentum on Arkansas side than what I think, like you said, either one of us could have expected coming into this early a couple of weeks ago. But there's still a lot of flaws with this Arkansas team that this is we're really going to be able to see if one, you know, there's film on Kenny Guyton and what he does. You know, Auburn's coaches, Hugh Freeze is, has a history of being able to scheme around what Bryles does, you know, he came into Fayetteville last year around this time of the year and knocked off Arkansas with a Liberty team that nobody really thought could hang with Arkansas. So he's done it before. He's, you know, there's a big notebook of notes of what Arkansas and and Bryles and that offensive scheme does. And now Kenny Guyton's got film of tendencies out there. So we're going to really see how improved is this Arkansas offense actually. And, see if that momentum from these players wanting to play and do good and be motivated to play for him and do a much better job, that energy, all of those different things, we're going to see how much that actually carries over and how much of a difference that actually makes. Uh, It's going to be tough, I think, because just you don't know what crowd you're going to get. The win was still huge for Arkansas fans, but there is still that – segment of the fan base that is a little bit like, well, we're still three and six. How likely, like, do we really care about this football team going forward? Basketball season starts up tonight. Um, as you said, we're recording on Monday evening. So Arkansas basketball season is about to get underway. Do fans kind of check out on football season that could affect the crowd, which could affect that two, two and a half point favorite home field advantage that they have. So it's just hard to say. I don't know what we're going to get with this Arkansas team now. You know, used to, I could tell you, well, the defense is going to play well enough to keep Arkansas in the game. The offense isn't going to be able to do anything. So you give the edge to the other team. Now, I, I don't know. I, I like to think that Arkansas has has the ability to keep this close. But with Hugh Freeze and Auburn, he, he is an offensive mastermind, and he's beaten Arkansas before with lesser talent. So uh, I think it's going to be a very, very close game. I, my gut right now wants to give the edge to Auburn just because I'm, I don't know if I'm completely sold on, on this new look Arkansas team, but I do feel better about Arkansas than I would have if, you know, we're coming off the Mississippi state game. You know, just looking at, you know, why Auburn is defensively, if we were still going with a Danny Nos offense, I would be more confident going in this because that's a more, that's a slower pace offense. Right. But well, what they did with pace, because Auburn's good. They're, they're, they're starting 11 is good. Auburn's got mm-hmm. a good start, oh, yeah. line, especially in the secondary. They don't have depth. So usually mm-hmm. Auburn starts to, re- you know, wear down a little bit in the second half. 50 to 60 plays, they start to wear down. You saw against Vanderbilt and saw against Mississippi State, they moved the ball. And what the other teams that had beat Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, you know, all those teams. So I think that's an advantage. That's something for Arkansas to look at, too. Okay, if we go with pace, we can wear this team out. And in the second half, our offense should be able to break open if that's, you know, the way Arkansas wants to look at it. Right, and I think that Arkansas, you know, in years past, they've had that same issue. Their starting 11 could compete with anyone in the SEC, but once you get to that two and three deep, there's just there's not enough bodies there that you can realistically say can contribute to beat teams in the SEC. This year, Arkansas doesn't have that problem. They have the depth. 
the one place that they don't really have the depth is on the offensive side of the ball on the offensive line. And then they lose Patrick Kudas, uh, the starting tackle, last week. We don't know if he's going to be able to play. They lost Andrew Armstrong. We don't know if he's going to be back, the star receiver. Uh, so, so they're banged up a little bit. But they do have depth everywhere else. It's just the offensive line, which is already pretty bad, is uh, is a little bit more banged up than you like. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get that tempo because you saw that he didn't just rely on the tempo through the whole game. He used mm-hmm. it very sparingly and uh, not really sparingly, but he used it in advantageous moments when they got a little bit momentum under him. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can get those early downs and, and pick up early first downs to get drives going and be able to use that tempo and wear that Auburn defense down. Yeah, of course, Auburn's been doing that last two weeks, and it's been more of the Peyton Thorne. I mean, Robbie Ashford didn't get in, and that was a big point of contention with a lot of Auburn people is just, okay, the constant switching quarterbacks. You settled with Peyton Thorne, and Jarquez Hunter seems to hit his stride now. He had two big runs against Vanderbilt. He played well against uh, Mississippi State as well. So that's kind of an interesting matchup when you look at Arkansas's defense. They're going to deal with some pace because Auburn – it's seen a lot now. They're wanting to go with that kind of style too. Yeah, and I think Arkansas's defense under Travis Williams, they definitely gave up some big plays late in the fourth quarter against uh, Florida. Back-to-back scoring drives pretty quick. Florida was able to move the ball down the field, and that's kind of not a disturbing trend, but it is a trend that you've been noticing. Late in close games, when you need a stop, less than five minutes to go in a game, Arkansas defense has bend but don't break and they're being a little too conservative not keeping that aggression so with this Arkansas defense having the depth that we haven't had in previous years I think that they're going to be a little bit more equipped to handle you know Hugh Freeze's and Auburn's up-tempo style and playing with pace but it's just they have to be disciplined there's a lot of you know undisciplined breakdowns and coverages not being able to get to the quarterback to make Graham Mertz you know put pressure on him last week and he was able to make throws, get the ball to uh, Trevor Etienne and uh, Eugene Wilson, the third, and it really tore Arkansas up and, and was the reason they got to, had to take it to overtime. So uh, they've got to be more disciplined and not take too many chances, but you've got to keep that aggression and keep that hard hitting energy, you know, swarm the ball, make plays, force turnovers, that kind of the pillars of what Travis Williams wants to do. Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Uh, this this Saturday, Auburn is used to this time slot. This is the third straight week they've been in this time slot. Yeah, uh, on the SEC network or all that. So Auburn's used to it, but Arkansas is gonna be doing the three o'clock game this week uh, with the Tigers. But uh, Connor, it's been fun having you on. Uh, let everybody uh, know where they can check you out. I'll follow all your work. Yeah, uh, so I have uh, my own podcast where I just kind of give my quick thoughts after Arkansas games. It's called the House of Hog Podcast. It's wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, uh, Apple, all those big places. So go check that out. Uh, my daily writing and, and majority of my writing is over at Razorbacks Wire, part of the USA Today Network. So go check out all the good stuff we got over there. And uh, also I'll write for Hog Country every now and then as well. Uh, so go check that out. You right, everybody follow me on it. Twitter or X at, uh, at Connor Goodson. I apologize, but uh, uh, once again, uh, everybody go check out Connor's work. Does a great job covering all things Arkansas athletics. And uh, Connor, I look forward to doing some again sometime down the road. Definitely. Appreciate it, man. 
And once again, thanks to both Connor Goodson and Kev McGuffey for being on today's edition. Kind of a know your foe behind enemy lines type episode looking at the opponents for Alabama and Auburn, Kentucky and Arkansas for this Saturday. And that's going to do it for the episode. Remember, you can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. The podcast available over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you're just a straight-up hater. You can email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. You can check out all my written work over at Last Word on College Football. We'll be back tomorrow, Matt Lowe, for another Football Friday. Looking ahead to a big weekend of college football. So it's going to be a lot of fun on Friday. Everybody has a great Thursday. Till tomorrow. Bye-bye.